Well, the second half of the Nashville Predators season is about to get underway. Who are the players to watch? What games are you concerned about? Who's been the Preds MVP so far this season? We will take a look at where the Predators are at the All-Star break, or I guess after the All-Star break. And speaking of the All-Star break, um, what did you think of the Vegas games? Kind of a mixed bag. We'll dive into the highs and lows, plus how Roman Yossi and UC Saros did. That's all coming up today on Locked on Predators. Your Locked on Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Lockdown Predators your first listen of the day. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer and editor at OnTheForeCheck.com, and I have a partner in crime who's feeling good about the second half of the year for the Preds. I am. I'm Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer at OnTheForeCheck.com. Yeah, lots of uh, juicy stuff we're going to dive into today, but before we do that, want to mention today's show has a sponsor. It's brought to you by our friends today at Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Uh, yeah, and we're coming back from the All Star weekend in Las Vegas. Um, we wish we were actually coming back from the All Star break yeah, in Vegas. Uh, but... to, to make it clear, we didn't go. No. Uh, Keep making Lockdown Predators your first listen of the day. Maybe we'll rack up enough money and importance to be on that <laughs> fight with the players. That'd um, be great. <laughs> yeah. What What did you think of overall this weekend, Anne? Uh, it was a mixed bag for me. I thought uh, the skills competition I thought was fun. I thought what they added, the fountain face-off, and then they had the blackjack. I thought that was really fun and kind of a unique spin on it with a Vegas theme. Um, always loved the breakaway competition and, and the fastest skater competition. So I thought the skills was a little bit more interesting this year. The game is always a little wah, wah, wah for yeah. me. You know, Um it's like the goalies are playing well because they don't want to be embarrassed. The Some of the shooters are trying. Some of them just are, are purely decorative. And the defenders are like, yeah, go ahead. Oh, just go ahead. Just go ahead. Yes. So... You know, it's it's a mixed bag for me. It, you know, some of it was fun to watch. I didn't think that the All-Star game was particularly exciting to watch, but that's just me. I don't know. What are your thoughts on the weekend? I feel like that's how it is in most sports, though, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Where it's like everybody loves the home run derby, kind of not super interested in the All-Star game for baseball. Yes. Loves the dunk contest, but, you know, the NBA All-Star game is what it is. Really the only, I'd say, league <laughs> that really has like the game itself is super fun to watch is major league soccer. And that's oh, yeah. always put all the all-stars from the MLS on the same team. And they always face off against like a team from like Portugal or England or kind of like a bigger club around the league. Um, I don't really think you can do that in the NHL because <laughs> they would murder whatever Swedish elite league team. Game here. <laughs> that's uh, true. But no, I'm with you. Um, I think the skills competition itself was a little hit or miss. Really? Um, first off, who 
who decided that the marquee event was the accuracy shooting? Like, yeah. what become like the headline, like the last thing of the night? Yeah, yeah. No, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Yeah, because if anything, the most fun thing of the night, the thing you would want to like build up to would be the breakaway competition, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yes. Isn't that like the super fun thing that got everybody engaged? Now, John Ham, what the hell were you <laughs> doing, man? <laughs> that that left a sour note, I would say. Yeah. Uh, Alex Petrangelo with shouting from Carrot Top gets the win who didn't even score like none of his shots went in yeah that that was the the mvp of the night like that's who wins the breakaway (laughs) i think that i think that left a little bit of a sour taste and yeah it's the home crowd and you want to give them home happy but it's like you know come on yeah reward creativity and stuff like that Yeah. yeah Yeah. Now I thought that the fountain face off that uh, Roman Yossi participated in, I thought that was actually really fun. And they had Jocelyn Lamoureux Davidson who competed and kind of schooled a number of NHLers. Oh, if we're being honest. Been. Yeah. She put a lot of people to task. She full on showed up and um, yes. Now I always do feel bad for the first person who has to go because you kind of got to figure it out. And this was a new thing and they had to like tap the pucks to activate the lights on the puck and all that. And I think that kind of was a hitch in the giddy up of Roman Yossi taking the, taking the title for that. But I thought that was kind of fun and interesting and and unique and different. Um, But yeah, there was a lot of it that just sort of wasn't, um, wasn't going to make any highlight reels. Yeah. Uh, the presentation for the outdoor stuff was super fun. Like the names and logos on the. Yes. Bellagio. Yes. That was like, the coolest thing in the night. Uh, I wish we would have seen more of like the 21 and 22, the whole blackjack thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, judging from what some like agents and writers tweeted about, because obviously they filmed that in the face off or the fountain face off the night before mm-hmm. uh, they said there was a lot of like footage that didn't make it into the broadcast. Yeah. Uh, and it, but it was like super fun. Cause it was like players like winding up with terrible hands, and, <laughs> like, they, they did, like a two and a five trying to go for like an ace and a Jack. So yes. um, there was like a lot of stuff apparently that didn't make it into the cut. And, you know, I would have loved to see kind of more of that, like a little bit more personality um, just because it seemed like that was a little bit short. Like that was like one yes. of the events they were kind of teasing to all night. Uh, that they were promoting. And it seemed like that just kind of fell like, you know, eight minutes and then that was it. Which um, is so surprising because when you think of the NHL, all you think about is just personality. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, it was on display. Like, hey, yeah. that's, that's why everybody loved the breakaway. Yes. Like, like, you know, um, seeing Alex Debrinkit come out and the whole uh, um, hangover get up. And, yes. Um, got the blindfold shot oh yeah yeah so there are and i think that's part of what makes it so fun is seeing kind of more the individualism and the personality of the players in the events and sometimes i feel like they miss highlighting that like you know they just sort of miss that opportunity for fans to see players kind of 
be themselves a little bit more because we don't get a lot of that necessarily in the NHL compared to other sports. Now, I will say also a highlight for me was Nash's tweet. So (laughs) Nash tweeted out, walking down the strip in Vegas, and one of the guys says, have you ever seen so many bachelor parties? Me. Yes. Yes, (laughs) I have. (laughs) I thought, nailed it, Nash. I think we can relate. Yes. We can relate. Um, Yeah. And then the game itself, uh, Prides did fine. Roman Mm -hmm. Yossi, a goal and two assists. And then UC Saros, not, you know, obviously goalies in all-star game or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The second, his second game uh, was fine. It was kind of like one of those things where it's like, oh, is, is UC Saros going to single-handedly will the central to an all-star victory like he's done with the Preds? All yes. Long, <laughs> kind of on brand. Yes. Uh, Pulling the goalie with two minutes left in an all-star game, kind of a bold choice. I mean, I guess if you're going to go for it, you go for it. But yeah, at the all-star game, it seems, yeah, I would agree. That's an interesting choice. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure, you know, going back to something we talked about earlier, how do you make the game, I guess, more entertaining? Um, Because, I mean, three on three is certainly a deviation from what they've done in the past. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, but I mean, otherwise, it's, you know, any other way you kind of do it, it's just a hockey game. Right. And I like the three on three. I do like the three on three. I think for me, it's just, it almost seems like when you're watching the game, you have players there that don't really want to be there. And and I can't, there. I can't fault them for not playing all out. You're not going to get hockey, you know, NHL game quality at the all-star game. I mean, this is supposed to be their break. They're supposed to be, you know, catching their breath and resting. They're not going to go busting out in an all-star game and risk injury and all that kind of stuff. But there's just got to be a way for the game to have just maybe a little bit more energy, especially from the defenders. Oh, sweet baby Jesus. They were like little traffic cones. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, it's like Ben Harbor made every. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh, Nick. Uh, I'll, oh, yeah. I'll give you a letter for that. Uh, speaking <laughs> of Ben Harper and the Predators, big second half coming up this year. Uh, They have a playoff spot right now, a pretty good playoff spot. Can they hold it? That's going to be the million-dollar question we talk about. First, though, let's talk about our friends at Built Bar, shall we? This is the time of year where pretty much everybody gives up on their New Year's resolutions. Uh, Not because they will give it up on themselves, just because, you know, it's hard to eat healthy and get tasty food in the process. That's not true with Built. Built is a protein bar. That tastes like a candy bar. And if you're not a big fan of protein bars, try the Puffs, the Built Puffs. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat. And they're covered in 100% real chocolate. They have a cinnamon churro puff, a coconut marshmallow puff, banana cream pie, so many to choose from. And if that's not your jam, there's still the classic flavors like mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and a brand new white chocolate cookies and cream. All Built Bars are low in calories, low in sugar, low in net carbs, but high in protein. You'll be blown away. Uh, by just how healthy these are. If you don't believe it, try it for yourself. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. 
Again, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Yeah, and it kind of seems like forever since we've talked about a Nashville Predators game. <laughs> finally, yes. finally we get some this week. Hockey back Wednesday. I know. I'm, I just, I cannot wait. It feels, it feels like dog years, you know, this all-star break. And I'm glad for the players, you know, we've seen on social media, they're out having a great time, relaxing, resting up, all that great stuff. So happy for them, bored as can be <laughs> here back in Nashville waiting for the games. But we do need to talk about sort of what happened in this first half of the season and where we're going going forward, Nick. So let's start with this very basic question. How surprised are you at where the Predators are right now at the All-Star break? So on a scale from one to 10, mm-hmm. one being, yeah, called it, 10 being, holy crap. <laughs> um, I would say a solid five or a six. Mm-hmm. I truly believed before this year started that it was going to be 50-50. Yeah. You know? We knew the Preds had the talent. We knew they were solid on paper. It was just for whatever reason, they couldn't put all of that together. Um, So I guess like the surprise isn't that like they're doing well. I think it's just the surprise is that they've managed to get it all together when it just kind of looked like too many cooks in the kitchen, so to speak, you know, all this talent, not really sure what you do with it. Yeah, no, I 100% agree with that. And I think, you know, I hate to be, you know, the person that lands at the five, but I think that's where I was going into the season. I will say that that changed for me when I was at training camp. Um, Training camp just had a great energy. It had a great vibe, much better energy. There was just kind of a fresh feeling about the team. And I will tell you that I thought Matt Duchesne had just a phenomenal training camp and uh, several other guys did too, but watching that training camp, Matt Duchesne was a man possessed in that camp. And you could tell there's something very different happening here. And so, you know, being a optimist, I'm always like, no, this is the year. This is the year. But um, I think after training camp, I thought, okay, no, wait a minute. We could really, if they can get those pieces together, which like you said, I think we've had a couple seasons where we thought, no, we've got the pieces, but we couldn't get them together. Um, I'm not super surprised that uh, they're doing as well as they are. Yeah, you talked about kind of the new energy they had. Coming mm-hmm. into, and you kind of see that throughout the year in some of the games they're playing, too. Um, speaking of surprises, Anne, is there one thing, player aspect of the game mm-hmm. that kind of surprises you more than anything else? I would say for me, the one specific thing that has surprised me the most is uh, the buy-in from everybody. Mm-hmm. And not because that's a foreign concept, that's the way it's supposed to be. But I think that that has been such a hard sell for the Nashville Predators for several seasons in a row. You know, I think even pre-John Hines, I think you saw at the end of Peter Laviolette's tenure, you saw a struggle for a buy-in from these players and and Lavi just wasn't going to be able to pull it out of them anymore. Uh, and I think that was part of what brought Hines in. And it's taken some time for John Hines, you know, he... Definitely didn't have an easy start to the season here, but or to his career here with COVID and shortened seasons and all of that. But I think 
when you can see such a difference in this team because they're all buying in and they're all playing the same way. And I think the past few seasons, we've seen some players wanting to play a different style of hockey. We've seen some players being kind of frustrated with ice time and it feels like everybody is on the same page. So for me, it's that they finally got that together. I think for me, that's been the biggest surprise. Yeah, and you could kind of maybe tell that players weren't completely bought in with Hines. Obviously, we're not mm -hmm. in the locker room. Um, we don't know the conversations that are being had or anything like that. But you can just kind of tell um, sort of between LaViolette and John Hines, kind of in the weird transitional period, whatever you want to call it, there seemed to be something off. Like there seemed to be a yes. disconnect between – um, and I'll include the front office in this too. Kind of seemed like a disconnect between who Poyle brought in, the way the Preds have kind of been conditioned to play over the years, and the direction John Hines wanted to take them. Yes. So it, it does seem like there's a more unified front this year in terms of what the Preds want to do. And it seems like there's kind of a more unified front this year, which is good. That's that's definitely something that's noticeable. Um, the on ice thing for me, Anne, is just mm -hmm. special teams. Oh my gosh! Like how who would have thought it? <laughs> well, how? Well, we say who? How? What? What did we say, Anne? Please, <laughs> please, we... please continue that sentence of what I was trying to say. Well, we. I mean, who would have thought that special teams? That's would... what I was going for. Who would have thought? thought? Yeah. What a what a hard sentence to say. It's Monday. It is Monday. Grace and abundance on Mondays. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, who would have thought? Um, and the reason we say that is because the Preds have been really bad on special teams the past three years. Record levels of bad, I should say, over a three-year stretch. But in the fact that it's, it's not just that they're getting more luck or they're scoring more goals. It's that they're playing completely different. Yes. That's I don't know if that's a John, like a Lambert thing. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if it's a John Hines thing, tweaking things up. But whatever it is, you can tell there's a lot more movement. There's a lot more energy. Um, they're looking to prioritize getting pucks into more dangerous areas than they are just, hey, let's pass it five times. And then there's Philip Forsberg or Victor <laughs> Arvidsson for a one-timer. Yes. didn't see that coming. <laughs> Yeah, they have gotten a lot more interesting on the power play for sure. They still need a second unit. Still need a second yeah, unit. Yeah, they do. They they there's some tweaking that needs to be done to that second unit for sure. But I don't know. Maybe the Preds will pick someone up before the trade deadline. Just saying. Yeah. Leaving it out there. If you want a hint on who we pick, we have had multiple podcasts on this already. We also have an article coming up on ontheforecheck.com where Ann and I weigh in on who we think the Preds should bring in. Mm -hmm. it, and we are so right. We I'll are be so right. disappointed. I'll be so disappointed. All right. But let's talk about who is actually here now, Nick. Who is the team MVP so far this season for you? Well, I think you can go with like three or four different guys. Mm -hmm. And that yeah. just tells you how wired in the Predators are this season. Yes. We've gone back and forth on this multiple times. <laughs> I think overall, I think you got to give the edge to UC Soros. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And interesting because when Roman Yossi was out, 
had this exact conversation. Yes. Before. Like, he's oh, so yeah. the MVP. Like, Roman Yossi is clearly the most valuable player on the Reds. Um, but no, I think UC Saros, especially these past few weeks, have kind of stolen some wins. Uh, yes. Get the Preds some extra two points on the score sheet, extra points on the win column. Um, and I think that's gets the predators closer to where they need to be where, you know, you're, you're talking about those games where you're not 100% in it, Mm -hmm. you know, where where you're kind of out of it. And then, you know, all of a sudden, Hey, you've somehow scraped up a three, two win. That's the result of a good goaltender. And that's somebody who can kind of will you into a better playoff position down the road. So in that end, I would say Soros, but uh, what, which way are you leaning? I went totally rogue on this one and I'm going off ice MVP. And, and this won't surprise you compared to my earlier comments, but I'm a hundred percent team John Hines. I think John Hines is the key to the Predators' success. I think he's the key to getting these players playing as well as they are. I think he's the key for getting everybody pulling in the same direction. Uh, I think he's the real MVP. But that's cheating. Most valuable player. Most valuable player. That's what the stands for. The well, he is a player, he is a key component, which is the same as player. But I really no, don't think it's, not. it's completely Coaches, the same. when was the last time you saw a coach win the Hart Trophy? Our podcast, our rules, like we totally can make this up as we go, right? Well, 50% of this podcast is mine. Okay, well, I'm, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna veto. We should each get a podcast veto. So I'm gonna veto your player complaint and you feel free to veto me when you need to but not on this because i'm so right john hines walked into a dumpster fire friends a dumpster fire and he had a garden hose to put it out with and somehow he's been able to do it and you know i know that there are still people in nashville who are on hashtag fire hines train and they just need to ride that train right on out of town because john hines is the reason why you are seeing success with these players who could be mvps that's my take on it so we agree john hines is nashville's coach of the year correct very valuable key component mvkc Yes, so he would be Nashville Jack Adams winner. Uh, he's not uh, eligible for the Preds MVP award. Well, well, probably no. But anyway, our podcast, our rules. Um, <laughs> coming up, though, we've looked back. We're going to go ahead and we're going to look ahead coming up. We're going to talk about kind of what our biggest concerns are moving forward. And we also are going to talk about what is sort of high noon for the Nashville Predators. What is the stretch that's going to be key coming down to the wire in the playoffs? But first, I want to remind you that this show is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the playoffs right to the big game coming up. 
BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute information on pro and college hoops. Of course, they have NHL. They have boxing and UFC, along with live real-time updates of current games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season. BetOnline, where the the game starts all right so we've taken a look back uh we have argued over who the predator's most valuable player was uh, <laughs> i was the only one to actually turn in a submission for that i went rogue and got creative and i feel like i should get some points for that but go ahead well you you can get brownie points for that i would rather just have brownies <laughs> Um, so now let's look forward. Um, you know, we've kind of talked about predictions for trade deadline stuff, um, how we think the Predators are going to finish out the second half of the year. And what's kind of your key for the Predators to keep the success up? Okay, now you're going to come after me because it's going to look like I'm backtracking on my MVP pick. But my biggest uh, key is the health of UC Soros. <laughs> Who is the Preds' most valuable player as voted by this podcast? Okay. Um, <laughs> we're just going to have to agree to disagree. Um, I really do think, though, UC Soros is going to be the key. And one of the things that we have to watch for is things like, you know, game fatigue or heaven forbid, knock on wood, injury, because I'm not real, real sure that the Nashville Predators have a backup in Riddick that could carry the team quite like UC Soros could, especially down the stretch where points are really going to be important and going to matter. Um, so for me, that's a key is, is how goes UC Soros, so goes the team. Fortunately, he's coached by the most valuable key component, John Hines. What do you think, Nick? The most valuable <laughs> coach on the team, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think health is certainly going to be a big thing. And right. I it's just consistency, isn't it? And the reason mm -hmm. that seems like super basic to say, but when you think back on the past couple of years, around this time, two years ago, is where Forsberg kind of disappeared. Uh, we also yeah. talked about people like Duchesne kind of going cold for stretches, Johansson. So, you know, they've, they've proven they can put up big numbers and have mm -hmm. incredible years and kind of go on this incredible run can they do that for a full 82 game season? Because there's a lot of evidence that says, you know what? They kind of disappear for stretches. Yeah. They can't have any of those down the stretch because the West um, and especially the central is just yes. so tight right now. Yeah. And that's a little bit nerve wracking because all it would take is for one or two of those guys to kind of go cold and you're looking at a very different central division. So I would agree with that. Um, and, and let's hope we can stay with it. I think it's very encouraging what we've seen so far this season. Um, we really haven't seen that hot, cold Philip Forsberg. We've seen, you know, him out briefly for injury. But when he came back in, came right back in with, I think he came in with a four-goal game was his game back or shortly second, after that. Yeah. His second game back. Yeah. So if we can keep those guys playing, I think you're right. I think um, as long as we keep them chugging in the right direction, we can feel pretty good about it. Now, the question is, what's the most important stretch they have coming up, Nick? Well, there's a couple of interesting ones. So mm -hmm. first off, Wednesday's game against the Stars, 
Dora. That's going to be interesting because that's eight days off. Yes. And so that's sort of a concern, maybe a little bit. But, you know, we, we talked about the Predators maybe not coming back strong from sort of weird times off. You know, we, mm-hmm. we notoriously have talked about the canceled Ottawa game leading into the Montreal fiasco. Right. And, yes. And so February, of course, this is eight days before Dallas. Then you have another three days before you play Winnipeg and then another three days after that. So it's kind of a more spaced out schedule than what the Preds are used to. But, you know, you look at March, there's a period where they play uh, eight games in 12 days that include Oof. a couple of different flights back and forth and then a West Coast road trip um, against the Kings, the Ducks and the Golden Knights, who are all top three in the Pacific right now. And then this whew, the last month of the season, Anne. Oh, it's brutal. Minnesota twice. Yep. Uh, Calgary twice, who you've struggled with this year. Edmonton, who you struggled with this year. Colorado is your second to last game of the year. Florida and St. Louis are mixed in there. Uh, you also have Tampa Bay, who's you know one of the best Tampa Bay NHL <laughs> yep. generation. Yeah, and then Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's in there also. So it it's really going to be a measure of where the Preds are as a team. I will say, I guess last year they kind of faced the same thing. Remember, they had Tampa. Carolina and Florida all within the past within like the last three weeks. And we're like, oh, right. A murder stretch. And everybody was like, oh, yep, there's where Dallas is going to pass them. And they mm-hmm. actually arrived. You know, yes. They, they did very, very well in that stretch beat Carolina twice in the last two games. So they can do it. Yeah. They and I think it. this year they're a, they're a mentally tough team. And so I feel like, you know, I look at that April calendar and you think, oh Lord, but I feel like this is a mentally tough team who can really dig in. And I think we've seen that they started out one and four, and I think we've seen them sort of be able to pull out of that. They had another stretch where they were dropping four games in a row, but this is a t- mentally tough team. So it'll be very interesting to see how they do in that final gasp of a stretch. But for me, high noon is going to be in March. It's going to be the, what, 14th and 15th, I think, where they are, or no, 12th and 13th. It's 12th back, and 15th against back to Minnesota. St. Louis and Minnesota back-to-back games. For me, this is high noon. We're, you know, drawing guns ablaze and take 10 paces. Who's going to come out of this? For me, this is kind of the two games that are going to really matter. They're going to be coming off of some games, uh, Dallas and Anaheim, and then they're going to be headed to Pittsburgh afterward. But I think these two games with points in the Central Division are going to be the key stretch for the Predators. Yeah, it was going to be interesting to watch. And that was what I talked about. That kicked off the eight games in 12 days. Yes. And there's a lot of travel on that stretch, too. Uh, They have St. Louis at home and then fly to Minnesota the next day. They come back home, then fly to Philly, back home again, and then that West Coast road trip. So it's going to be a lot of wonky travel. Yes. Sort of talked about it in the past. You know, the Predators, when they kind of have that weird schedule – based on the records this season, haven't done quite as well. That's kind of been where their cold stretches come from. So, uh, yep, definitely going to have to take a look at that and see if the Preds can sustain it. Yep, for sure. So what's one game that you saw this season, Nick, that you really felt like was kind of a turning point for the team? 
that or a game already, of the year that they've already played that they've already played. I think a big one to me was two games before the season got put on pause, mm-hmm. uh, Colorado. At yes. home. Really, that was, that was the game where everybody was out. Uh, Matt Duchesne was injured. Mm-hmm. He also had like Grand Linden protocol and Johansson and just a lot of people in the lineup out. That was the, um, Colton Sissons and Tanner Janot playing 25 minutes a night game. <laughs> yes. Uh, and they played against Colorado who, to be fair, were also missing some people, but that felt like the game to me. It was just like, doesn't matter what happens. We have enough people on this team that, you know, if we get hit in the face, we're going to keep going and yes. we have enough talent everywhere to step up and steal a win. Yes. No, I would agree with that one. And, you know, like, like you said, Colorado did have a lot of people out, but I think that game highlights the depth of this team where if somebody does go down and, and not that we want that to happen with some of these guys who are having, you know, points per game seasons here, but there's depth to this team that can kind of rally back. Um, for me, a big game was the Minnesota game beginning of the season. Uh, the Preds were one and four went into this game and it was the first game where I feel like you saw things click you know the predators have improved since then they've played more physical since then they've definitely cleaned up some things since then but you saw all the lines scoring offensively you saw some good defense um you saw the mental toughness of this team you saw everybody pulling in the right direction so for me that was just kind of like a a glimpse of like this is the potential and we're seeing even more payoff from that so you know i think the predators are headed in the right direction at the all-star break and you know it's always brutal down to the finish, but I feel like they're in a good place. Yeah, for sure. We'll see. Uh, They start off Wednesday back from all-star break against the Dallas stars. Um, So we'll have a preview of that one. Also more hockey content coming up this week, both from the Olympics, a little look at the NHL, lots of fun stuff coming up on tap. So be sure to stay tuned to lockdown predators all week. Uh, And where can the fine people find you online? You can find my work at ontheforecheck.com and you can find me on Twitter at ANK underscore Mama on Ice. I'm Nick Morgan. You can find me on Twitter at underscore NS Morgan. Check out my work at ontheforecheck.com. Also, be sure to follow the podcast at LO underscore Predators. Let us know if there's ever a topic you want us to discuss or if you want to weigh in on something we've talked about on the podcast. That is going to do it for us today on Lockdown Predators. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Back here tomorrow, same time, same place. Have a good day, everybody.